Welcome to the Sisters on the Front Lines podcast, where we unite with Christ to combat the shame surrounding young women struggling with pornography and share our stories and insights to gather more tools and weapons to fortify our stance on the front lines in the war against pornography. All right, welcome to the first episode of the Sisters on the Frontline podcast. Today I'm joined by a very special guest. I'm super excited to have him. His name is Chandler Rogers. Say hi, Chandler. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having <laughs> me on, Maddie. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So Chandler and I, we actually met a couple of months ago. It was when I was kind of initially sorting out these promptings that I had, that I have some, I had some kind of work to do. And helping young girls who are struggling with pornography. So I met with Chandler. We just met on a Zoom call and I just kind of picked his brain about what we're going to talk about today, this app called Relay. And he had some awesome insights. And I remember I asked him one question and I was like, so what was like the best form or one of the best forms of marketing that you guys did? And he said, he goes, oh, we went on a lot of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of sparked something, I guess. <laughs> and here we are now. So really, yeah, really, we owe it all to Chandler. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. This, need, this needed to happen. It's so cool to see how Sisters on the Frontline has grown already. Thank you. So cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. So just to kind of introduce Chandler, Chandler Rogers is the founder and CEO of Relay, a digital program to find healing from pornography alongside a group of peers with the same goal. After many years of feeling stuck and isolated, Chandler gained conviction for the importance of connection and having a strong support system. He and his wife, Jade, are both graduates of BYU and have been married for four years. And we are so excited to have you, Chandler. Awesome. Thanks, Maddie. Yeah. It's, it's been a long time coming. I'm so it happy this conversation. It has. I know. I'm so excited too. So I guess let's just start where we start. How did Relay start and what was the, the inspiration for that? Yeah. I mean, Relay really came about because of my personal struggles with pornography and what I learned through my healing process. So I could give a little bit of background about me. I was the oldest of five kids raised in a strong LDS family. And I think growing up, one of the things I think our parents did a good job at was instilling a sense of values and a desire to be good. And although that was rooted generally in our faith, I think it translated for me into all aspects of my life where I felt a lot of pressure, I think, is kind of how it ended up translating to perform, to do well, whether it was school or sports or music. And then, you know, I entered my teenage years and I remember that we had had, you know, discussions around the harmful effects of pornography and especially kind of the spiritual nature of that. And I think the message that I received was like, it's bad. So like run, <laughs> but you know, I think as I, you know, entered puberty, my body was changing and I think I kind of stumbled upon masturbation first. I don't remember people talking a lot about masturbation, you know, later on, as I'd become more open about my story, I hear this common trend where, I think there's a natural curiosity and as i've realized like our sexuality is a good thing and it's given from god and i think like 
being exposed to social media around the same time. Like it was kind of the perfect storm around just kind of getting gradually further down the path towards pornography and becoming really a compulsive behavior that I couldn't really control anymore or that I felt like I couldn't stop even though I wanted to. And it was, it was really hard. Like I think the, the couple years that I reflect on during high school in this early period was really a theme of feeling isolated and trying to white knuckle my way out of it. So my main strategy for trying to change was simply to try harder. <laughs> and eventually, you know, I decided that I would open up to my bishop, uh, my church leader at our local congregation. But, you know, I wasn't quite sure how to translate that into a support system. I think there was this moment where it did click that doing it alone was really not very effective and I needed some sort of support system. And I think most people who I've talked to about this agree that, you know, that's kind of a scary transition of realizing, okay, well, how do I, how do I get that? That's kind of like intimidating or, you know, who, who is the right person or people in my friends or family or other individuals to help support me. And I, eventually I ended up opening up to my mom about what was going on and telling her, that I was really trying to to work on quitting this, that I didn't want to have this habit, but that it had kind of creeped in. And I felt like she understood, like she was really empathetic, but it didn't, it still didn't translate into her being a part of my support system. I still felt alone, even though I talked to my bishop, I talked to my mom, I felt alone. And so as we continue, like with my story, I ended up finding like this local group based program and it was for other young adults, like 17 to 25. I think I was in my senior year of high school at the time. And I remember joining and meeting with this other group of guys. And I, I didn't know what I expected. I think I expected people who, who sucked, who maybe like felt like, you know, they weren't going anywhere in life, which sounds harsh. But like, I think I had realized that I was telling myself this narrative that it doesn't matter that I was doing well in other areas of life. I was still struggling with pornography and that's not okay. And people don't know that. And I'm not a good person because of that. And I was not succeeding at, at life or in trying to be a good disciple of Jesus Christ. And that really hurt. But I think where everything changed and what led to Relay was starting to get this group of people who were in the same boat and seeing them and also like the shame that they felt and the lies that they were kind of believing and realizing that, I would never believe those things about them. So they must not be true about me. And I can see this differently and I can work with God to see this differently. And through working with other people became way more empowered to, to heal, I think in a better way. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I think that last part is super cool because like, I remember having kind of the same experience going to a group and seeing like a group of girls that had struggled and the same thing, like you can tell that they they feel so much shame and they're telling themselves a lot of lies about why they're in that room. Yeah. Right? And it was so cool because <clears throat> I remember like sitting in that group and there was like a portion where everyone was just kind of sharing like about their week or just how, you know, how they were doing. And I just felt like this outpouring of love towards them. And it was a different kind of love. Like I knew that the love wasn't coming 
directly from me because I don't even like know these people right and so it was cool because I knew it was coming from a higher power like coming from God and it was what he felt for them so it's just so cool because it's it's cool to be able to see that about other people because it helps you see it about yourself totally yeah totally yeah I, I think that that that's so key in dealing with any struggle and I think that's one thing that I've come to realize too is I think we grow up with a strong maybe connotation, especially for people who are, who are raised actively in, in a church. I, mm-hmm. I've talked to people of many different faiths, and it seems like there's a common trend where they feel like that this sin is so much worse than other mm-hmm. things that it, it reflects so deeply on their character. And I, I don't know, like I'm you know not trying to in, interpret scripture here on the call, but I really think that God is a God of mercy and does see our heart. And there's a difference between, you know, our heart working on finding healing, but still kind of, you know, stumbling on our road to healing versus like willfully rebelling and wanting to stay stuck where we are. And that it isn't about the number of days clean that he sees our hearts. Like, I think it is really about the progress that we're making uh, in the journey, which oftentimes we we tend to measure as the number of days clean mm-hmm. or sobriety, whatever you want to call it. I don't think that's how he measures it. Yeah. Or, that, or at least that's not the only thing that he's thinking about when he measures it. Yeah, totally. I think that he, like, he looks on our hearts, right? And, like, I love that you mentioned, like, I think what you're talking about is, like, a difference between sin and weakness. Like, it's, we're not openly rebelling against God, right? Like, for a long time, we just haven't had the resources to effectively combat it. And yeah, we've been able to like talk to people, but it really is like up until the last few years, there just has not been anything and any talk about it. And I think it's really cool that you're now we have to dive into like what what Relay is like, because that's like one of the most amazing resources. So will you kind of give a rundown of the purpose of the app and then like how it how it actually works. Yeah. Yeah. So through my experiences in group, I, I realized like we were meeting on Thursday nights once a week for like an hour to two hours over Zoom. And the other six days of the week, we kind of exchanged phone numbers and tried to stay in touch with a group chat. Usually we were using WhatsApp, sometimes I think GroupMe. And I, I remember like we were trying really hard to find ways to stay connected and to stay accountable between those meetings. But inevitably, we'd come back to the next meeting and someone would say, hey, you know, on Tuesday, I was having a really rough day and, you know, I ended up slipping up and we were like, dang, like, we're sorry to hear that. Like, why didn't you reach out? Like, we were trying to, like, ask how you're doing. And they're like, I don't know. Like, it's hard to reach out was the answer. And I kept thinking about that as I heard that story more and more. It was like, it's hard to reach out. It's hard to find a support system first. So that initial upfront, like, how do I find other people, especially as a woman? I feel like when I think largely this issue is still portrayed as, you know, predominantly male. And I just don't think that's true. But regardless of your sexuality, gender, whatever, like there are people struggling with this besides you. How do you find them? And then once you find them, how do you work together effectively to to help each other be successful? And so that, that was the whole goal of Relay, was to build something that would make it easy if you don't have a good support system already, is to find other peers who are dealing with the same thing and form a seven, eight person group 
where you can stay anonymous if you'd like. You can choose what what name you kind of use, and it's all app based. So there isn't like a live meeting component. We wanted it to be really approachable for people to have baseline connection through chat based group support with these six, seven, eight other people in their group. And so that's kind of what we set out to build a couple years ago while we were still studying at BYU, us and a few friends. And it's kind of evolved from there of, of, yes, we can help match you with the group. But once you're in that group, we help provide a few tools to make it easy to recognize your own triggers and to kind of manage those and to see how other people are doing to share ideas and get feedback. And one of the things I think people comment on is like, they find it to be way easier um, to reach out because it's just, you know, one click of a button away when you're not doing well. And, you know, other people in this group have the exact same goal. They're all working on overcoming unwanted sexual behavior, pornography, masturbation, whatever. And the awesome thing I think I've, I've talked to a lot of our users. What's cool is like women females in particular seem to love relay just slightly more on average than males do. <laughs> and, I, I don't know exactly why, except for I think it might be that they feel extra isolated and they they crave, I guess, a knowledge that there are other people and to have that support system. And so it's been really cool as I've gotten to know, you know, just by gathering feedback from our users, a lot of our female users say that it's been so helpful to have the connection, but also to have healthy accountability that's focused on their holistic plan, um, which is something Relay helps them set up is a holistic plan rather than just counting sobriety, essentially, and doing that all in this group-based environment that you can use wherever you want because it's all from your pocket with your phone. Oh, yeah. That is so cool. And I think you're right. I think that is the reason women love it extra much is (laughs) because we just haven't had, like, you said, like, the knowledge that there's even other women, let alone a support system. So, yeah, I think that's super cool. Oh, I was going to, oh, yeah, I was going to ask, like, throughout the development of the app, I mean, you're constantly innovating and you're constantly changing. What do you think has been, like, one of the biggest changes and why do you think that that happened? Hmm. That's a really good question. So I think, like, as we've gone along, I think we've learned a lot about what people get the most value from. Mm -hmm. And I think we are continually reminded that what people really want is not just a support system of people to know they're not alone, but they want tools to help them work towards healing in a proactive way with other people. We realize that if we just dump people in a group chat, like it's nice for the first, you know, however long to know that I can talk with these other people and I'm not alone. But eventually there comes a point where it's like, okay, what what is the real strategy and what, what are the tools that I need to really focus on individually and with my group to see substantive progress? And so we've built kind of a network of clinical advisors that we work very closely with to help inform together with feedback we get from users, like what what are the essential components of finding healing and how do we actually translate that into features and relay that help you do recovery smarter? And I think that's the theme that's changed in the last six, 12 months is we want to help people do recovery smarter. We also want to help you do it together with other people. But smarter means like, you know, we have technology today that we're hearing on the news, all sorts of AI type of tools that are smarter at doing so many tasks than ever before. We're not necessarily using, you know, bot type AI in Relay, but the same principle of how do we use technology to be way smarter than before? Because there are capabilities now that 
you know, if you're checking in every day, we can help you understand, hey, Maddie, like the story for the last two weeks, like these factors, these three things are actually helping you make the most progress. We'd recommend that you double down on that and focus on that. Or it looks like on Thursday mornings, like Mm -hmm. this is like your most vulnerable area. Like, let's make a plan for Thursday morning and like share it with your team and get feedback. So you put it out there and have some accountability. So I think more personalization and still kind of keeping the group at the core, but like helping you get a more personalized plan in Relay is something that we're starting to like lay the foundation for. And we have a lot of changes that we're working on kind of in that vein of helping people do recovery smarter. Wow. That's super cool. Those are really exciting. What's the, what is the vision for Relay down the line? You guys have any big things in the books or what's that? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think like, as I really started out on Relay, like it felt like a spiritual thing for me. Like I felt like because of the struggle that I had had for so many years and you know, by now it's like, you know, over 10 years since this first like kind of came into my life. Mm-hmm. I never wanted this to be, you know, like I didn't, I wasn't like 10 years old and I was like, I want to go into addiction recovery. And like, <laughs> that just sounds like a fun career. Yeah. It, it felt more like gradually realizing that I could use my experiences to benefit other people. And I had always been inclined towards technology as well as kind of business and figuring out how to, how to innovate I just thought that was really cool. And I realized that this area is such a, an area where there needs to be more tools that, mm-hmm. that people have options for. Like, I think people need really good toolkits. And so the vision for Relay, I think we want to be the platform that really focuses on helping you find other people to find healing together with, regardless of what that struggle is. I think I've felt that pornography is really just our starting place. Most of our groups in the app are focused on mm-hmm. overcoming compulsive sexual behavior. But we started experimenting with things like eating disorders and alcohol, other behavioral addictions as well, gambling and other things. Mm-hmm. Like I think regardless on if it's really you know an addiction or just a behavior that isn't serving you well and becoming who you want to be and it's kind of tough to change, mm-hmm that's human. It's tough to change behavior. Relay's vision is to be the platform that makes it way easier and way more connected to change behavior so you can be who you want to be. And so we feel like we're just starting out. That's why we're constantly talking to users and saying, like, like what what can we do to make this a more powerful tool? Because I think there's so many different things that I think have so much shame that we tell ourselves, like, because I struggle with this, I'm a bad person or I'm alone. And I can't feel happy with my life. And I really want less people to feel that way, to feel to feel hope and to see change. I agree. I think that's amazing. And I think it's really cool, especially to have it as a mobile app, because I think a lot of times it's on our cell phones that we feel the most shame and the most isolated. And so to provide yeah. something, you know, on there that's an outlet for good and for change, I think that's just wonderful. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we see our, our, sometimes our smartphones in this struggle as like part of like the evil, like we just want to like bash, bash the head of the smartphone in and toss it out the window and like abolish all technology. And (laughs) I think it's important to realize like pornography is really not the issue. Like there's underlying root causes that if we find healing there, we won't need to turn to cope with pornography uh, anymore. And we can use technology 
for good and for healing. And I think that's, yeah, kind of the point you were mentioning is like, we want, we want to help people actually turn to their smartphone to help them heal, right. yeah. um, to rewire that association, hopefully. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like use it as something for good. And yeah, smartphones are not going away anytime soon. And so if we <laughs> learn to, um, like we learn to be the masters over them rather than having them be the masters over us, I think that's an awesome process. I'm very curious. I don't think I've ever asked you this, but why specifically Relay? Why the name Relay? Oh, why the name? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was funny because originally we were called something else and we realized like there was going to be copyright reasons that that name wasn't going to work out. So we were like a few months in and we were like going through a bunch of different name ideas to kind of pivot. And none of them were really resonating a lot. But as we thought more about Relay, we kind of like talked about it for a few days and it didn't feel right at first. But the more we talked about it, mm-hmm. the more we, we kind of saw this picture, this analogy of of a relay race and people running this race. And in a relay, you run your own leg and you hand a baton usually to the next person to run the next leg. And we like this idea of like, it's kind of individual, like you do have your own leg of the race, but you're doing it together and you're all running the same race and you can help each other. Like it's still a team Hmm. uh, environment and a team activity. And so we really like that idea and that theme of, yes, this is a personal and individual journey, but we can run the same race together and we can help each other be successful. Yeah. Wow. I love that. <laughs> that's not, yeah, that's that wonderful. kind of works, right? <laughs> it does. That works perfectly. <laughs> that's awesome. One more thing before we get into the last two questions, this was a while ago, but you mentioned healthy ac- accountability. Mm. Do you want to touch on that and how that might be different from unhealthy accountability? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> um, I, well, I remember what accountability looked like for me early on was telling my group or telling, you know, I mean, later on when I met my wife, like I talked to her when we were dating about what I was dealing with and I wanted to be open and accountable with her. And so what accountability usually meant like was telling those people if I relapsed, if I had a slip. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of like the orientation of my mind was like almost a fear based, Mm -hmm. like if something goes wrong, being honest about it, um, and telling people. And I think there's still like, there's still an aspect of healthy accountability, I think about being, being honest about sobriety and where we're at there. But I, I think like healthy accountability is more encompassing of what are the inputs that will lead you to the outcome? If the outcome we want is to not view pornography, the inputs might be, you know, very personalized to us. It might be journaling 15 minutes a day, spending time with God, exercising to like manage our our stressors and triggers better, like attending group meetings, right? Like interacting, doing my check-in on relay. Like, you know, there's all sorts of different things that are part of my inputs that if I stay accountable to those things, it's more likely to lead to healing outcomes. And so I think that's like where, as I've talked to probably hundreds of people now, I find that they often are focused on the outcomes. Mm -hmm. And so when they see a bad outcome that feels like you know, I'm resetting because I'm only at day one clean now, Mm. instead of focusing on, wow, I've been doing so well at these inputs that I probably made like so much progress and it's likely to lead to more progress in my sobriety. I think it's just where you're shifting your focus and 
being a little bit more holistic about the things that you're being accountable to. So we try to do that in Relay where like making it not just so that your your team's getting notified if you log a relapse, but it's like, you know, hey, Chandler hasn't even checked in in like seven days. That's probably more indicative of something's not going well than whatever he actually put in his check-in. Is is he simply even showing up and working the process? Right. Oh, I love that. That's really cool. Yeah, and especially I love like... rather than focusing on the outcomes, because you're right, I think a lot of times we resort to just these fear-based tactics. And I remember talking to Amanda from the Victory Collective, and she's like, she's like, me and Katie had decided, like, okay, if we slip up the next time, then we have to tell our dads. And like, (laughs) it's just because that's just what we resort to, because we just don't know another way, right? And so... And so, yeah, I hear that all the time. I think that is honestly what everyone starts out doing, which is a painful process, but it's, it's cool to find the, like the real solutions rather than focusing on the outcomes you're focusing on like, okay, what's like the input, right? Like what, what emotions was I trying to, for me, it was always what emotions was I trying to suppress? And a lot of times it was like stress or feeling overwhelmed, Totally. Um, yeah. Being accountable to how, how well you're doing at being aware of yeah. the of that stress and what your plan is to manage it. Totally. Yeah. Like probably more likely to help you develop better techniques and progress than. Yeah. Than just, yeah. Checking it a hundred percent, checking it off the box. And yeah, it just all, I think it all boils down to just mindfulness and being aware. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's huge. Okay. Well, let's dive into the last two. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. First question. What keeps you on the front lines in the war against pornography? Hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think for me, it's realizing that the more that I'm turning outwards and trying to help other people, the better I actually do myself. Like, I think I've mm-hmm. come to feel that support system for me isn't just letting people or hoping, I guess, that they'll like support me mm-hmm. and do things for me, but it's actually finding ways that I can be a value add for people in their recovery, especially because mm-hmm. that keeps me honest. That keeps me on the front lines, focused on the right things and present with myself and what I need to be doing to progress. And especially like with that, like not needing to be perfect necessarily, or like, you know, have years and years of sobriety under my own belt before I can do that. Like realizing that even if I had a setback or I didn't, you know, struggle, whether it was like the outcome or the inputs that I wasn't doing perfectly at realizing that if I could show up for other people and do that in a way that, you know, of course was still healthy for me, not overextending myself, but showing up in a way that would definitely keep me engaged, I think has been, been huge. And that's something that I try to do, like, I'm actually in a few different relay groups myself with people that I didn't know before, you know, the random people that I met through the app. And Mm -hmm. I use the app as me, just Chandler, and try to stay engaged and being helpful. And in that process, I often feel more help to myself. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's so true. It's so true when you have, that's what I found too. Like, especially when I started doing all of this stuff, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to like help people. And then I went into it fully with the intentions and still have those intentions. But it's like, man, this is actually like really great for myself, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, totally. It's just really cool. Well, I love that. That's a great answer. All right. Last question. What would you say to a young girl who is struggling with pornography right now? 
Yeah. Well, I, I think maybe I'll give two answers. The first one maybe is the more cliche, like you really aren't alone. And from my vantage point with Relay, I just feel so lucky because I've been able to have so many conversations with females specifically, with young women who who feel alone, who didn't know at all that it was okay to struggle with this or that there was other people who aren't terrible people who struggle with this. Mm-hmm. And... And so I think just like, take my word for it, that there really are people who I, I know personally, I know a handful, dozens of people that I've talked to who are females and who have struggled with this and, and all of them felt really alone, but then eventually they realized that they're not. And I think that resources like, like this and other, you know, other women in the community that are starting to be vocal about this are helping hopefully change that narrative of, you're not alone. And so that's maybe my, my more cliche answer. And then the other thing that maybe I would say is like connection, connection can be what you're ready for at the time. And I don't think it needs to be as scary as, as it really sounds. Like, I think that what I found is people are so compassionate most of the time, even if they haven't gone through exactly what you have, like 95% of the time, some of them may not know how to like support you very effectively. Mm. And I found that people especially who have struggled with that who do know how to support you effectively it's always so much less scary than people think to start reaching out to start getting help and so i think finding the first baby step if you know people in your life or if you don't like that's that's why we built relay but there's you know a lot of resources out there where the first step to getting connection i think helps you realize the shame that maybe you're still holding on to and you don't need to hold on to that shame anymore. And that's that's the message ultimately is find connections so that you don't have to hold on to that shame anymore, so that you can see yourself how God sees you, yeah. which is a woman of infinite worth. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. All right, well, thank you so much for coming on, Chandler. That was amazing. Thank you, man. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Really appreciate yeah. all that you're doing here. This is so, so great. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate all that you're doing. And listeners, if you are interested in getting the app, I will put a link in the show notes. Absolutely just check it out. It's a wonderful resource. I use it myself too. And thank you so much for listening. If you have a story to share, please reach out to me on Instagram at Sisters on the Frontlines or via email at sistersonthefrontlines.com at, at gmail.com. Please remember that you are not alone and connection is possible and start connecting so that you don't have to be filled with the shame that you're filled with. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it and give the podcast a rating on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify so that we can reach more young women, parents, and leaders. And until next episode, keep up the good fight on the front lines.